Welcome to Color Country Politics, where we discuss all the important political issues facing Iron County, Utah. Our guests include elected officials and community leaders in or representing Iron County. This is Episode 70, Candidate Forum 2021, Derek Morton, Cedar City Council. Good? All right. Hey, everybody. Oh, I gotta look at the camera here. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Color Country Politics. We are so excited to bring you our next series because it is election season, which I think we can all agree is everybody's favorite season, right? (laughs) So I am Jenny Hendricks here live again with my co-host. Jesse Harris, actually in front of the camera for once. Live and in person, that's right. So we're doing our uh, city council series right now. And we are really tickled to have Derek Morton with us today. Welcome, Derek. Thanks for having me. You got it. So, for those of you who haven't tuned in to our last series, we are going to invite all of the candidates to come on Color Country Politics. And we really ask all the candidates the same questions, to be fair. And we just want to get the information to you as to sort of what the thought process is behind the candidates. Why we're as crazy. Why as we are you are doing this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Derek, thank you for joining us. Appreciate well, being here. My pleasure. Let's just jump right in. So Derek Morton is running for Cedar City Council. Hooray. He's really enthusiastic. Hooray! Is that better? <laughs> that was a little too much into the mic. <laughs> okay. Sorry for your ears. Jesse can maybe edit that out. Okay, that's fine. Hey, okay. you challenge me. I accept it. I accept it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, tell us about yourself, Derek. So, I'm Derek Morton. I moved into Cedar City in 2007 on a whim. Like, it really was. And I uh, brought my wife and kids down here and had opportunities to leave and just refused. We just loved it here. Uh, from the mo- moment I moved down, I've had plenty of opportunities to serve and get involved with certain chamber, the home builders, the Karen chair. I'm on a new board, uh, state board organization, Youth Futures, that we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, they run youth homeless shelters uh, uh, around the state. And so being involved has given me just some, some cool opportunities to, to try to help the community in different ways. That's great. Why are you running for office? So with that involvement, that's opened my eyes to a lot of things. And and the other thing that uh, that has helped me is so I own NetGain Property Management. And working with my tenants um, has opened my eyes to the impacts of decisions that people make or the lack mm-hmm. of uh, decision making uh, on, on all levels that, uh, that that can have. And so I felt the need to bring some of those issues to the forefront and and discuss them because there's issues that usually aren't talked about a whole lot Mm -hmm. and a lot that uh, people uh, don't see. Mm -hmm. But now we're starting to see a lot of these symptoms and things that that have been ignored come to the forefront. People are like, wait, what happened? Like, What's happened to Cedar City? And so a lot of it's based on the way we develop. um, And... That's led to three crises, is what I tell everyone. I said, you've got no water. Uh, we've got lack of affordable housing for people uh, of all sorts, as well as increased poverty. You talk to the, the Karen Sherry, you talk to Canyon Creek, all their needs are going up immensely. Yeah. 
And then we throw in the, the lack of housing now for SUU um, and then the impacts that that is having, which are massive uh, on our community right now. And we've just got this perfect storm of how did this happen? And now we're trying to catch up because we're in a desperate situation. Yeah, not making a decision is just the same as making a decision. Right. Yep. Yeah. So pivoting from there, That's what would you excellent pivot? Yeah, it is an excellent pivot. What do you think the city needs to improve? So one of the things that, that I've been focusing on is understanding the way development impacts poverty and why. And so adding increased flexibility to the way we develop and then learning to actually understand what the market is telling. So one of our most requested things uh, for rentals, and even on the purchase side, we've gotten a lot of few of these lately, um, is, is smaller units. Uh, the one bedroom in the studios. On the purchase side, like, I just want to buy, like, they think it's New York. I, I laugh, it's like, I just want a one bedroom condo. And I'm like, well, those don't exist, exist here. Yeah. But, but you get some of that. And so because of that lack of doing it, it's caused a lot of impact. Uh, a lot of impacts everywhere else in, in our market. So I tell everyone, so outside of my transitional housing that I run for those coming out of homelessness and domestic violence, and then out of my student housing, which are just room rentals. A lot of my units, I've figured at about 50%, and I'm just under 400 units currently, um, are, even though they're not room rentals to me, the tenants are viewing them as room rentals. Mm-hmm. And so... It's three or four people on one lease for a three or four bedroom. And so those can pay more. Everyone is like, how do you pay $1,500 for a town? How's the family doing? You're like, it's not typically families. It's three or four single people that are paying, okay, I can pay four or 500 bucks a month uh, for that room rental. So that is putting more and more pressure on that market. If you're able to figure out and allow some additional flexibility for the city to allow more of that because those are the hardest to build. When you say development flexibility, what does that mean? Um, the best way to say it is so you look at the modern zone mm-hmm. and you say only this, this, and this is allowed. And you've got, hey, we've got um, only this many units that are allowed. And it makes sense in zoning theory. I studied urban regional planning uh, in, in college. And theoretically, it makes sense. In practicality, here's what it does, is it really limits uh, builders or a city's ability to solve housing problems. Every other community continues to develop the same way, and they have all the same issues. So as us as a community, we act surprised, like, how did we end up like everyone else, right? <laughs> and so, like, one of the big examples that I give, um, and I'd worked with the developers, so we had just under two acres, uh, behind Denny's, across from Cedar Point. So 400 north and 1100 west. We were looking to do 45 units, three bedrooms, 15 three bedrooms, 15 two bedrooms, 15 one bedrooms. And good socioeconomic mix and everything. And all of a sudden we were looking, because I'm always kind of crazy, and looking with investors, like, what are different ways we can do it? And is you just get call after call after call, and I'm like, is there a different way that we can do this to pitch to an investor? Uh, within city stuff, and I've tried to pitch numerous different things to, to try to get through the city that can help bring additional flexibility, and, and none of them have quite gone. So we'll just use this development example. So out of those 45 units, there's actually 90 bedrooms. 
So you keep the parking at 1.3. Mm-hmm. So you can use the same square footage, same parking, same acreage, and same really water usage, and the builder can do 91 bedrooms. I don't envision any builder going, hey, I want to build 91 bedrooms. But it does allow them to go, okay, maybe I want to do, say, 45 one bedrooms, and then I can do 20 you know, two bedrooms, which are that lower end right. are the most versatile. That's what's actually needed. So when you're talking about development flexibility, you're talking about maybe looking at zoning. Look, looking at zoning, I think going and allowing more development agreements mm-hmm. uh, from the city side, mm-hmm. because what that does is say developers like, okay, I want to develop in an R1 zone, but I want a little higher density. Mm-hmm. Right now, to get that, they're like, well, you got a zone R2. And you don't get the parks, you don't get that. Like, right. Everyone's like, we need more parks. And the development isn't happening because there's no financial incentive. There's been a couple of developments that have used the residential development overlay, the RDO, mm-hmm. I think with great success. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we don't want to devolve necessarily yes. into a zoning yes. conversation <laughs> but, because this is your time to talk yes. about your candidates. So, so allowing some of those additional mm-hmm. things to where you can have conversations and go, okay, here's what the city needs. If you want this, we'll give you XYZ if mm-hmm. you give us ABC. Mm-hmm. And those, and with normal zoning, those are a lot of the conversations that can't take place. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And then what a lot of times you have is you have the neighborhood around it going, we don't want this. And mm-hmm. the city council's like, well, we don't really want it either. Yeah. And I know you're on planning commission and sometimes you're like, I'm not a huge fan of this either, but really there's nothing we can do, right? right? So we're doing a lot of development that a lot of us don't want to see. And the community doesn't want to see, but yet we're victim to it because this is what because it's is. a it's a general plan mm-hmm. you know, as far as density, and then you've got the zoning already sort of set. So yeah, it's that's that's interesting. That's interesting. So that's, yeah, that's that. anything mm-hmm. else. Any that the city needs to improve. We kind of got off on a tangent there. We the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, 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 <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the big things they they struggle with. And, I, and I've yet to figure out why that is, is I think they really struggle to communicate with the citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the city's acknowledged that because in the last um, budget, they've approved hiring a PR person, mm-hmm. which may scare people. <laughs> but at the same time, it's acknowledgement going, we're, we're either not communicating or we're not communicating well enough. And what we're trying to do isn't just... Like it's not coming across the citizens. So right. I will give the city credit for acknowledging that mm-hmm. uh, and trying to correct that. But I think that's one thing because so many things that come come about, the city, even if they're doing it right, can't quite message it correctly. Yeah, I know. And so they're so they're under attack, and you're like, no, no, that is that isn't even we didn't even say that. Right. You know? <laughs> so what does the city do well? I, I think right now, um, on the council, you have a great deal of excellent listeners. I can go sit down with every single one of them, whether they want to hear what I want to hear or not, <laughs> and and they're willing to listen. And I've had a different relationship with all of them because I've worked with them for years. And so probably more so than most, and I readily admit this to people that have had different experiences, is we can have really honest conversations and just put it all out there and be like, 
you know, here's what I think. And I think you guys are just being absolutely dumb on this. And other times they can be like, no, Derek, you're the one. <laughs> and, I have, and I'm like, just tell me why. And sometimes I'm like, okay, fair point. I wasn't more on that time, right? Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I've always appreciated. Whether, whether we end up agreeing and on the same side or not, like the council in and of itself has done an excellent job in being willing to listen, mm-hmm. at least in, in me, and I, I'm a guy with crazy ideas, and we're always looking for stuff, and they're always willing to at least give me the time to respond an email, they'll take my phone calls, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and sometimes they'll reach out to me, like, hey, what do you think about this, mm-hmm. you know, how would this impact you, mm-hmm. and, and I've always appreciated that. That's great. That's great. So. So, let's say <laughs> you're stuck in an elevator with some voters. You've got 30 seconds to tell them why you should be on the council. What do you tell them? Um, we know what we're currently doing isn't working. We know what at least. So even if you don't vote for me, we know that we have to do something different. Why you vote for me is I have a track record of just doing stuff different. The way I run my business is different than any other property manager. When I get involved in organizations, we just do things completely different. And that's what's different. That's why you Anything else that you want voters to know about you, about your candidacy, about your goals? I, I think that's that's pretty much it. I'm, pr- I'm pretty simple. <laughs> um, I don't need to speak a, a whole lot. And it just acknowledging and understanding that we can do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and it may be time for someone that can just tweak things just a little bit and uh, to get us where we need to go. Okay. That's great. Thanks for coming in, Derek. Thanks, thanks again for having us. Yeah, or me. I'm not that. Well, bad. we are going to have all of you, but just you today. Just you today. So, thank you. We appreciate your insights um, and your ideas, and thank you for coming on to Color Country Politics. I am Jenny Hendricks, along with my co-host. I'm Jesse here. <laughs> and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. You've been listening to Color Country Politics, a production in cooperation with Utah Politico Hub and graciously sponsored by Century 21 Prestige Realty at 121 North Main Street, Cedar City. Special thanks to Amoeba Crew for use of their song, Background Indie Rock, licensed under Creative Commons. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Also, check out our YouTube channel where we post video of our interviews. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website at www.colorcountrypolitics.com.